Good morning, everyone. Um, it's a lovely Sunday morning here. Today's the day that I just chill. It's my rest day. And what that means for me is the only physical activity I'm probably going to get today, other than, you know, doing dishes and doing a little bit of light cooking, is my yoga. I try not to go a day without doing yoga. I made a commitment to myself a year ago, on January 1st of last year, almost a year ago, um, that I would do yoga every day for one year. I already know that I will set that intention again for the following year, the next year that comes, because it has been so incredibly beneficial to me um, in ways that I cannot even describe. But I might try to describe it in this podcast. I'm not really sure. Today's podcast, though, is moving through anxiety. Um, And it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis. And it can be paralyzing. For those of you that have um, anxiety, that have been diagnosed with anxiety by an actual medical or or medical doctor or psychiatrist, Um, And even those of you that haven't, but highly suspect that you have the real true disorder of anxiety disorder, it's crippling. It's um, sometimes unbearable. Um, And I'm going to describe for you some of what that feels like for me and some of what I now do to deal with it. So yesterday, I had an enormous panic attack one of the biggest ones that I, I have had in years. Um, but actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up first um, to the very first time, and I can remember it vividly, even though it was probably over 26 years ago, I had my first bout of anxiety. I am 48 years old. So a very, very long time ago... Um, and I remember this day as if it was yesterday. Uh, I had always struggled with a little bit of anxiety. I think that's just common to the, to the human nature. You know, we, everybody feels anxiety from time to time. But what I'm talking about is a full-on panic attack, an actual panic attack. And so probably about 26 years ago, I thought I was having a heart attack, a legitimate heart attack chest pounding, sweaty palms, couldn't breathe, um, just heart racing, gripping pain in the center of my chest. And I thought I was going to die and was rushed to the emergency room where they first naturally assume that this person is possibly having a heart attack. It's their first course of action is to make sure that you are not having a heart attack. So they ran all the tests that they needed to run and determined that I was not having a heart attack and I was indeed having a panic attack. That was my first actual panic attack and it was crippling in that moment. It was paralyzing in that moment. And since that moment, over all of these last years, um, from that moment on, I have had differing levels of anxiety attacks. And for many, many years, the anxiety attacks would come so fast and so furious that I was not able to function at all in life. There was a full year of my life um, after I had the birth of a stillborn son that I did not leave my home. 
I became agoraphobic and I did not have my blinds open. I kept my blinds closed. Um, friends would, and my mom would drop off groceries for me because I was just unable to do even simple tasks such as grocery shopping. So uh, it, it can be a very crippling disorder. It is definitely real. It's not imagined. For those of you that say, just get over it or get out of your head, um, clearly you have never had a panic attack and don't don't really know what you're talking about. Um, it is a real phenomenon and it is very painful. And I have so much compassion and empathy for those that go through it and are have gone through it, overcome it, learned how learned some great coping t- tools and have fought the good fight to get over it. And those that are still going through it today, um, my heart goes out to you. My compassion goes out to you. And, but there are definite tools and methods that can be used that can completely transform your life. And although I use many of those tools and methods now, I still suffer from anxiety. I I think it's something that I'm probably going to have to deal with for, for the rest of my life in some form or another. And it doesn't mean it will always be as bad as it sometimes can, can be. Um, And there's days where it's barely a blip in, in, in my life. It barely rears its head. And there are other days that it is, it is paralyzing and crippling. And I had that moment again last night and I have not had a panic attack of that nature for a really long time. I had, uh, my, my son was diagnosed with bone cancer. I've talked about this on this podcast before. And there were a few moments um, that I had severe, severe panic attacks during his treatment. Um, And the only way that I could really cope uh, because my son needed me to be strong and needed me to be present, obviously, for him, was I did a lot of locking myself in bathrooms and in the hospital chapel. I had full-on meltdowns and panic attacks, uh, shaking, heart racing, trembling, sweating, not being able to breathe, not being able to calm my breath down, and had to had to go through the go-through to, to get to the other side. Um, last night, one came out of n- seemingly nowhere, uh, one of the worst ones since I've had since I was 26 years old. Um, so I, I definitely know what my trigger was, um, and I'm not going to get into my triggers. I don't want to trigger anyone else, and it's, it feels rather too personal at this point to talk about it, but um, I know what my trigger was. I was in a situation that I was triggered back to a very, very painful time in my life, a time of deep insecurity and fear and rejection, and I... I pushed through the moment because I was out in public when the trigger happened. And for most of us that suffer from anxiety disorder, there's always a trigger. Sometimes we are not aware of what the trigger is. And triggers can come from a whole different host of areas. It can be a scent. It can be um, so a smell, something that you smell that might take you back to a time in your life where you experienced abuse, rejection, violence. It can be any, anything like that. Um, a sound. 
So sometimes um, one of my triggers is the sound of uh, like a clanking of a walker or crutches is a sound for me that um, is a trigger for anxiety for me because of some of the things that my my son went through. Um, A really bad fall that he took uh, very soon after he had his amputation. So the sound of like a, 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 a walker or something metal just making a crashing sound is a huge trigger for me. Um, uh, someone's perfume or cologne can be a trigger for someone. Um, a certain sight can be a trigger for someone. And so I got triggered last night. And But I was out in public and I was at a gym. And anyone that's following this podcast knows how much fitness and all of that stuff and health and nutrition, that's what I'm all about, is for me. So I, I could feel the trigger. And my first impulse upon feeling the trigger was to leave, leave the gym, run away. I didn't know. And, and there have been times in the past when I've had a trigger and I've had an anxiety attack that I literally have run away from the situation, literally run away from the situation, like had to run down the street and completely look like I'm, you know, off the wall. And I am trying really hard to choose differently today and not allow those things to be present, to be in the moment, to bring myself back to the moment, to bring myself back to a place of grounding myself and realizing that the, the trigger is not the experience that I'm having. It's a past experience that I'm reliving, but that this event is not actually happening to me in the moment, that this is a past event that is now making me feel like it's happening all over again. And I have to remind myself that I am in my body. My feet are on the ground. Um, They tell people to um, focus on what you can feel in this moment, what you can smell in this moment, what you can see in this moment, even perhaps what you could taste in this moment, to, to, to ground yourself by your senses. So last night when I was at the gym, and I felt the trigger, and I could feel my muscles and my legs tighten up as if I was about to sprint or run. I could actually feel that feeling. I had to get out of there. All I knew was that fight or flight that comes into our bodies to save us was triggered, and I wanted to run. I wanted to use the fight or flight that has been put into our nature to protect us. That was that was happening already. So immediately sweaty palms, pounding heartbeat, muscles tensing, you're going to leave. This situation, all you, can, all you can feel in the moment that you're having the anxiety is danger, danger. Get away from the danger. You're going to be hurt. Something bad, something horrible is going to happen. Get away from it. And I was able to ground myself enough to say, to talk to myself. And I suggest everybody talk to yourself, talk to yourself, be your own best friend, be your own best advocate. Don't be afraid to, to, to look nuts. Uh, you don't have to talk out loud to yourself to talk to yourself, but if that works for you, Hey, go for it. 
but I was able to, um, and my son was with me, and my son knew that I was being triggered, and um, I told him, um, I need your empathy right now. I, I am asking for your empathy to understand that I am being triggered right now, and I'm trying to ground myself and be in the present, and he, he, he was good. He's always good. He was fantastic. He was able to sit with me through it, and uh, I sat down for a few minutes in a chair and made myself feel the chair. Because in that moment, I'm not there. I'm at the past event that the trigger reminded me of. I, I, I am way back there at that place. I disassociate from my body. I am no longer in the present moment. I am somewhere else fully experiencing the trauma from before as if it's happening now. So the first step in dealing with that trigger and that initial anxiety is I sat myself down and made myself feel the back of my thighs and my buttocks in the chair. So it's the very first thought I had to do for myself was feel the chair. Don't look around because you will get more triggered if you look around. So feel yourself because, you know, there are people all around. And if I was focusing on the people, more thoughts would come and it would just be a disaster. So I had to feel, then I had to feel my feet on the ground. So I forced myself to feel my body pressing up against a solid chair. My feet were on solid ground and I could feel that. I did some deep breathing And I was like, the moment passed for that moment. And I said, all right, I think I can go do my workout now. I think I need to go do my workout now. I need to get that fight or flight feeling out of my body, which is a great tool if you're able to do that. Sometimes that will exasperate it and make it worse. If you're still in fight or flight and you're trying to deal with that with a physical release, sometimes that can make the anxiety more intense, which is what I think possibly happened to me later in the night. Uh, But in that moment, I felt like I was safe to go do my workout. Unfortunately, I didn't bring my headphones. I didn't bring my music with me. And there was no music playing in the gym this particular night, which is completely odd, which was more difficult for me because if I was to go into the gym and put my headphones on, I would be able to get into my music, get into my zone. I could choose a particular music that would help me to um, either have an inspirational, motivational workout or a calming workout that I could get into the music and get out of my own head a little bit and let my body uh, do its thing and calm down and uh, take care of my physical stuff. But there was no music. So I spent 30 minutes on the elliptical with no music and my head kept looping. And that's, that's, a, that's a term that I use to describe those repetitive thought processes and those repetitive thought cycles that come up as a result of your trigger. So I'm on the elliptical for 30 minutes and my head is just going in this continuous loop of this thing happened to you in the past and it's going to happen again. It's happening right now. This thing happened. It's happening again. It's happening again. And it just kept going. And it's not like your logical, practical, reality-based brain is 
talking to you and trying to tell you this is not happening right now. This is reminding you of something that did happen. And then you're trying to tell yourself you're safe, you're okay, you're loved, you're grounded. And so this back and forth takes place in your brain where you're aware of reality, you're aware of the, the moment that you're in at the time, but this other piece that plays a part is so feels so real, you truly feel like you are back in that time of danger. Uh, so I spent 30 minutes on the elliptical with my brain just looping. Then I, I had my son tie me for my plank. I have a, I'm in a plank challenge every day. And uh, that was difficult because it wasn't, it wasn't my music. It wasn't the music that I wanted. He lent me his headphones to do my plank. Uh, so again, it was like, bummer. This just, none of this is working today. Um, and then I did a whole um, lower body, upper body strength training routine. Uh, so it was a full hour workout and I felt okay afterwards. Then I was waiting for my husband's shift to end because he works at the gym. I was waiting for his shift to end and we were going to walk home together. And um, I put on the, the, the super Julie smiling face and I was able to interact with his coworkers and everything felt it felt okay. I felt like the worst of the anxiety was over and I felt like I was okay. And this often happens to me during panic attacks and I'm not sure if this happens for other people, but the panic attacks themselves sometimes get a whole lot worse once I'm safe. Once I'm actually in a place of safety, the more horrible panic attack comes. So that's what happened last night. Uh, we walked home together. Everything seemed okay. I made a, a very late supper. We all had supper. Um, my husband and my son started playing a video game together. And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I'm having a heart attack again. I, I, I've never had a heart attack. But I felt like I was having a heart attack. felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. In my head, you are almost convincing yourself that you're having a heart attack. I'm like, uh oh, I pushed it way too hard at the gym. I possibly am having a heart attack. Maybe I should go to the hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. Um, sweat the sweats again, my hands trembling, my legs shaking, that feeling of being suffocated, not being able to breathe. Um, classic heart attack symptoms. Also classic panic attack symptoms. So now it's figuring out, do I need to be rushed by ambulance to the hospital or are we having a panic attack? And because of the events prior in the night, I, I figured, and I'm at very, very low risk of a heart attack. I've, I've had um, several stress tests in my lifetime and I have very low blood pressure. I have... Uh, very low cholesterol. I have a very low resting pulse. I, I'm not at risk for a heart attack. Um, not that that can't still happen, but using my logical mind, I knew that chances are this was just a very bad, very, very, very bad anxiety attack. Um, so I do have medication that I am able to use if the panic attacks are really bad prescribed by a doctor. 
and I did take one of my meds. Um, so these are not meds that I take on a regular basis. They are as needed. So um, I did take one of those. And then I, I have a small circle of women that are extremely important in my life. I call them my power circle. And I messaged them that I was having a panic attack. And they reached out with love and support. Uh, and there's one, one woman in particular um, that I confided in in a separate message of what was the trigger. So one important step is having safe people in your life, people that you know that are not going to judge you, that are going to be able to understand. And as much as I love my husband, my panic attacks trigger his own stuff. So... There are times that I can go to him and there are times that I can definitely not go to him. And, and part of the wisdom is knowing which is which. And he was not the person to go to last night because my stuff would have triggered his stuff. So I went to a, a dear friend and, and told her what the trigger was and told her you know, that I felt like I was having a panic attack. And she led me through a mantra, a deep breathing mantra, um, and the mantras can be very, very short, very, very simple. Um, I am breathing in. I am breathing out. I am calm. I am at peace. They can be very, very simple. It doesn't have to be this long, complicated meditation sequence. It can be that if you're in a place to do that, but I wasn't. I had to get over this initial feeling of weight-crushing anxiety. I had to get over the initial feeling, do I need to be rushed by an ambulance to a hospital? So it was a very, very simple mantra that she led me through, and deep, deep belly breathing with my medication and grounding myself, using all of my senses to know that I am in this place, in this moment, I am safe, my husband's home, my son is home, we're safe, there's nothing life-threatening going on here. Um, And still, after all of that, I still was feeling some of that panic. So I went to the next um, coping skills that I have learned from myself. I got into my favorite pajamas, and yes, everybody should have a favorite pair of PJs. I looked at my family, and I said, I can't be in the living room anymore. I can't really interact with the family anymore. I love you guys. I'm not angry with anyone, but I need to go take care of myself for a little while. And they allowed me to do that, and they give me the grace to do that. I went, and I put some of my favorite essential oils in my diffuser. I went and put my salt lamp on. I went and did a very relaxed bedtime yoga routine. Um, It was a very relaxed one. And then I put on some meditative, nighttime, chill, go-to-bed music on. And not to go to sleep, just to get myself into a state of being calm. And I would tell you, the anxiety attack last night lasted for about two hours. It took about two hours before I was 100% convinced I was not in threat of a heart attack. And this was just a bad one. Um, The difference today is to be able to think 
through that process and loving myself enough to provide myself self-care. This is something that I could not do 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I did not love myself enough to even be willing to provide myself with self-care. Today I do. I don't want the panic attacks. I don't want the anxiety disorder. It is a part of who I am, and it's a part of the trauma that I've lived through in my life. But it doesn't define me, and it doesn't take away from my self-worth today. I am no less worthy because I had that attack last night. I am human. I am fully human. And part of being fully human for me means feeling things very deeply. I no longer want to change that part of myself, but I do need to find methods that work so that I don't become paralyzed by feeling things so deeply. And it is a process and it is a journey and it is one that I am currently taking and currently on. So if you are have been through something similar, if you're going through something similar, if you deal with anxiety on a regular basis, use and find the self-help tools that work for you. Whether it is using essential oils, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation. Um, For me, journaling in that moment would not work. And I've learned that a difficult way. Um, For some people, journaling and writing it all out is key for them and will help them. For me, it will exasperate the issues. I will be focusing in on the triggers through my journaling. Now, journaling later on would be great. Journaling the next day, once I'm past it, is fine. But in that moment, it is more triggering for me to write what I'm feeling. Um, But for some people, It is very cathartic to be able to write down what you're going through. Um, I no longer necessarily zone out. I tried that for a long time. All right, well, I'll just put on one of my favorite uh, shows, and I love crime shows. I know, crazy. Uh, Anxiety disorder, crime shows probably don't go together. But that's how I used to deal with it. Um, I don't do that anymore. I don't zone out. I tune in. I don't tune into the point where I become those old experiences, but I do tune into my own heartbeat, to my own body, to my own room, to my own um, smells that I'm smelling around me. I use grounding techniques so I can be present because I don't want to run away from myself. I want to come back to myself. So let me say that again. I no longer want to run away from myself. I want to come back to myself safely. So I wish you all peace. I wish you all love. I hope this is a help to somebody today. Um, You are the master of your body, of your domain, of your experiences in the present, and of and of your life, and how you deal with them, no matter what your head tells you. So I wish you peace and love today, and I hope that you find your grounding techniques that help you get through whatever it is you need to get through in your day.